Hi, in this lesson, we're learning about using Slack to chat with your training team. So that way you guys can have less meetings and all stay in sync as you're spread around the world. Hi, I'm Angel from RT Course Experts, and we help creative online course teachers with their tech. In this lesson, we're learning all about using Slack. What is it? Why use it? How to use it most effectively? We're going to go into some examples on how to set up your channels, and then we'll summarize our top tips. First of all, what is Slack? Slack is an instant messenger app for companies and groups that let people chat in channels, also known as rooms. There's been many chat programs before that we've used for our personal lives or at work, but Slack is killing it. Slack is rocking. It's just a fantastic platform and it's free. So if you have a small team, medium team, or ginormous team, doesn't matter. It's a really good investment to get your team synced through Slack. So why use it? It's fast. It just works, it pops up, it's a quick message, it works on your mobile, tablet, desktop, etc. Pop-ups can be really super configured. Um, it's very flexible. You can add your own rooms, you can give descriptions. Um, it's secure, you can invite, you can use QR codes, you can kick people out, you can lock up rooms. It's highly reliable. If the internet's on, it's working. It's smart. If you paste the link, it knows how to expand it. It might offer you something like, hey, did you mean this? I see you message somebody, but, but they're not in this room. Should I invite them? It, it works on multiple platforms, you know, Windows, Mac, iOS, Android, et cetera, different devices, different orientation. You can configure your windows and your notifications and your sound effects. And it uses all the, the great notification uh, mechanisms. It's got good history. I know I talked about this topic there. You control F, find that thing you just talked about, and then boom, there it is. There's the answer. There's that link that you were looking for, that message, that data. So it's got great history as you could search across all your channels or within a channel or topics with certain people. It's expandable. So there's this giant app store. You can connect it to things like Google Drive. You can expand it. You can connect it to a whole bunch of apps, whether it's Google Drive or Teams or Zapier or Asana, Monday, ClickUp, etc. You can even add these fun little helper things like surveys and polls or Giphy to add fun animations to your messaging beyond the emojis. It's just fun. So it keeps in touch. You can make jokes. You can use emojis. It's easy. It, it just flows almost like when you're using a mouse, you're not thinking about the mouse. Slack is starting to turn that way. You can use Slack and you're just communicating with your coworkers and you can have a good time at work. Let's go into a how-to guide with the basics about the app. Let's go over channels. That's a very important concept and some best practices. So first of all, there's a desktop app. There's a mobile app. There's a free version and a pro version as you level up. Even the free version gets most small businesses off the ground with, with rooms and, and messaging to your first dozen people on your team. There, there's no excuse to not use Slack. It's fast to set up. You can create an account. You can invite people pretty easily by sending them a link. It's smart. It knows how to get everything connected. 
and it's configurable so you can theme it with your user interface preferences or your logo and some colors for your company. So the next thing is channels. All your conversations are grouped into these different channels. You might have a channel for design, a channel for marketing or operations. You create these channels. You don't want to create too many channels, just the ones you need. You create these channels. You can flag them as public or private. Public people can browse them. You can't just join a private. You'll see a little lock icon there. You add people to channels by default. So you can add who's necessary. Channels have members. So you can add who needs to be in that channel for that topic. You can also see who's already in that channel. You can add people. You can potentially remove people. And there's all sorts of different roles as well. And every channel has a description and a purpose. So you can specify what this channel's for and maybe what you're currently working on. You can rename channels. And later on, when those channels maybe aren't used anymore, you can even archive them. So that's useful. You're going to be able to star your favorite channels. You have, I don't know, 5, 10, 50 different channels. You're going to star your favorite channels and they'll show up on top on your sidebar. And you can also organize channels. We have a couple of channels that are the same topic. You can put them into a group. Now, as a team, here are some best practices as you're using Slack. First of all, you can send direct messages to specific people. You don't have to just chat in a room. When you are in a room and you really want to get somebody's attention, like you're asking a question, you can use an at sign with a name. So you might say, at Amy, hey, Amy, I wanted to ask you about something. And then you could send a message directly to her, like, so does this look okay, at Amy? And then you can include a picture, a sound, a video, a link, whatever you want. Slack's super smart and knows all the standard media types. Now. You want to leverage asynchronous. Asynchronous means you're not step-by-step. Step. You're sending a message. Later, they're going to send a message. Sometimes you're having a real-time chat, and that's fine. Often, you want to leverage asynchronous. You don't want to just go in a room or talk to a person and say, hello? No. You want to just tell them what the thing is. Hey, Mike, when you get a chance, can you tell me what the right procedure is for onboarding a new client? So you want to be asynchronous. Whenever Mike logs in, whether he sees it right away or in an hour or so, Mike will get you back that answer. So that's just asynchronous. That way we're all just maximizing. We're not blocking. We're asynchronous. We're working on our own thing. And if we need to, we can at name that person and that'll force a pop-up on that person so that you're notified that uh, they've been mentioned. Another thing is, as, as your team is sending messages back and forth, you're gonna to wanna to include links. You're not gonna to wanna to say like, hey, I did the task, right? Your team's gonna say, hey, I did the task, here's this link, right? Here's the output, or here's the link to the task in Asana or ClickUp or Monday or whatever. You're gonna to wanna to include those links. And as a team, you can even get into that and say, hey, where's the link? So that you training everybody on your team to here's a message, something just happened, and here's the information, here's the output, right? here's the details, the requirements, here's the design. Just get into a habit of including the links in your Slack messages. And then use emojis. So if somebody says like, hey, I just published a new blog article, you don't have to say thank you. You could say thumbs up. 
And so that saves us. So when we have a real message, we can give a message. We can use emojis for check mark, it's done, or thumbs up, or thumbs down, or thinking, or happy face. And then you can use some standard emojis as well as some fun emojis, different ways to clap or high five or even fireworks. Another good practice in Slack is to reply in threads. Somebody posts a message in a channel, the message is there, and there's gonna be, potentially if this is a high traffic channel, there's lots of individual uh, topics flowing uh, within a few hours to, to and from different people. So what you do is if somebody posted a question, you can respond back in a thread, and then that thread is a series of replies and comments that are hidden from the main channel. So on the channel, you see the top level topics, top level questions, statements. And on any of those, you'll see a little symbol there to let you know that there's comments in a thread. And inside that thread are all the different comments with specifics about that initial message. Don't forget, not everything has to be done in a channel. You can use direct messages, one-on-one -on -one messages. You can even have direct messages with two or three people. You're just basically going to send a message to first name, comma, second name, and then that's it. You three are talking. It gets a little awkward when you want to add people. Let's add another person. Let's add another person. And you got to figure out if you include the history, do you start over? Does it show up as a new collection of direct messages with a fourth person instead of a, the original three? But nevertheless, as far as regular and just normal direct messages, if you want to send a message to Steffi, you just say, hey, Steffi, and you're just talking directly to Steffi. No problem. Now, Slack has a great search system. You can search across all your channels. You can search within a channel. You can search by people or topics or keywords or whatnot. Search is really great because you know that maybe you discussed the topic in one of your channels. And that's another reason why you don't want to have so many channels. So you can quickly go to that specific channel on uh, coaching. You go to that coaching channel and you're searching for something like, hey, what's our template for such and such? And in the, so as an example, you have a coaching channel, you go in there and you can search for a very specific thing like feedback. And you're searching in your coaching channel for feedback and you're gonna definitely find the thing that you were looking for or that reference material. Finally, Slack is awesome because you can integrate it with a bunch of apps. You can have a Slack channel for operations or you can have a Slack channel for sales and you could get a message pop up every time a new sale is made or every time a new article is published on ConvertKit, you can get a message in your marketing channel. So you could do all sorts of cool things. You can integrate with Dropbox and Google Drive and Microsoft Teams. And there's all sorts of really great integrations as well as custom ones that you can make. Let's check out some tips on how to create your channels. Let's go into a couple of angles on how you would create your channels for your workspace. You probably need a channel for everyone. This could be something like hashtag general. I wanna let you know that channels in Slack start with a hashtag, which by the number sign. I'll say hashtag and that means the number sign symbol. So this is like hashtag general or hashtag announcements. You're letting everybody know we're switching from Asana to Trello, there's some big announcement that you're letting the whole team know. You'll wanna have that channel where everybody's on it. 
Next, you'll want to have channels by departments. You might have hashtag marketing or hashtag team hyphen marketing. Remember, when you're looking at your Slack channels on the left, you're going to see a bunch of team hyphen marketing or team hyphen finance or team hyphen operations. You want those to be naturally sorted and grouped together. The important part here is that you want a channel for each group in your company. Next, you're going to have some channels that are really just for cross-functional projects. So this is where you're going to mix a few people. You get a cross-functional team. You have one marketing person, one designer, one coder. Next, you're going to have channels for your cross-functional team. These are your cross-functional projects. They're not ordinarily in the same channel. So you might have, for example, Community Launch 2023. In that channel, you have your social media manager, you have your lead coach, you have an operations person, a support person, and maybe a salesperson. So you have a couple of these different kinds of roles all coming together in this channel. That channel could last for a few weeks, or it could last for months uh, until that project is complete. Next up, you might have some private channels. This is like for sub teams, right? So maybe there's a, a, a private channel just for sales. There's no reason for the rest of the team to see what's going on in there. Maybe you do, and you might have sales news. Maybe the public sales news goes in the announcements. You landed a big client. But in general, some of your channels might be private, and they'll see uh, a little lock icon and uh, could configure who in that channel can add more people or if they're members. And that's good so that you avoid noise and you keep everybody aligned and focused on what they need to do. Another good practice with channel names is to prefix and group similar channels. For example, let's just say you, you're, you're doing courses and you might have hashtag course slides or hashtag course videos. That's where you're really geeking out and, and creating the videos and the links and, and the editing and the intros and the outros and the slides. You, you might be talking about all sorts of different decks that you have, different resources, etc. So th those teams could, in a tiny company, sure, that could be hashtag course. In a slightly bigger operations, you might have different groups working on different kinds of videos. There's just so much stuff going on on the videos that you want to put that into its own island. So when that happens, a good technique is to prefix right? course slides, course videos, course resources. There might be a lot going on with marketing, and you might do the same, where you might have marketing content or marketing leads, right? depending on the size of your company, three, five, ten different marketing channels. Every channel can have a description and a topic. So you should leverage that. Sometimes the channel name, you're going to keep it brief. But once they're clicking on a channel, you want people on that channel to really be focused on a certain topic. So you can go ahead and provide uh, a description for every channel. The description could be longer, right? All about our music coaching program. That's what we're talking about on this channel. You can also have an additional comment that talks about what are you working on? What, is the, what are the people on this channel working on? So what's the name, what's the overall description, and what's our focus? And those are all really cool things to get everybody aligned and moving in the right direction. Next up is a social or off-topic based channels where you don't have very specific work topics. You wanna to just kinda of have a great fun environment. As an example, some people use a hashtag fun channel 
or hashtag random or jokes and things like that. So you can come up with your own channels. That way you don't clutter the main work channels. So you stay focused on the work channels. But if somebody does see something fun or maybe it was out in the world, some music award show or some new movie that came out, they can talk about it over there. They can kind of have their water cooler moments. Finally, you can have temporary channels. You might have a channel that's just for a quick get together. It's, it's preparing for something. It might be an event. It might be a get together or it might be some task that's happening. So as an example, you can have a hashtag Brooklyn retreat because you're using that channel to talk about, hey, where are we eating tonight? Hey, I have family. I won't be at the get together or something like that. Another example could be you might put hashtag temporary or like hashtag temp Adobe migration because we're moving from an Adobe program. You might just have these temporary channels where everybody's just aware their programs are, are changing or maybe something's happening. Yeah. As you're creating all these different channels, what you want to do is for the size of your company and the amount of team members that you have, you want to find that right size. So you want to avoid too many channels where people are hiding channels inside groups, potentially muting channels, information's getting lost. You, you, you typed something, you, you discussed it, but you can't find it because it's in all these different channels or it's not getting received because you posted it in this channel that was limited or maybe it got archived. So every once in a while, clean up and auto archive some channels. Let's summarize. Here are the top things you need to know for Slack. It's easy, it's smart. Um, you can have it on your mobile, your desktops, etc. It's all about channels. If you need to, you can have some direct messages, but it's really all about the channels. It's fast. You should leverage threads. You should leverage emojis. Uh, emojis are great to take responses for fun. As you level up, you can then start to add app integration. So whether it's polls or whether it's uh, being really smart about the links you're sharing, that's just amazing. So now you're a lot smarter on Slack. It's pretty easy to use. It's free. And once your team starts using it, you might not go back. To learn more, check out the info and links in the notes. If you're loving this stuff, subscribe to keep leveling up your creative business. And if you need any tech help with your courses, community, or teacher website, visit www.rtcourseexperts.com. Thanks for hanging out. Let's stay in touch.